Welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we interview marathon swimmers to get perspective on how to endure, adapt, and overcome the challenges we face swimming and in life. Please enjoy this episode. an amazing resume, Jamie, but I just want to hear you tell us about you from your perspective. (laughs) Yeah, and first off, Shannon, thank you so much for having me. This is one of my favorite um, meetings just because it's very interactive and I love the breakout sessions. Um, Just looking over the names, I know most of you guys, you know, and have met a lot in person, which is so awesome. Um, But for just about me, my name is Jamie Monahan. I'm from New York City. Um, my big passion is travel as well as swimming. So I've done long swims all over the world. And the other thing is, I know you guys have had a couple of ice swimmers as well. So I also specialize in ice swimming and winter swimming and really just enjoy every kind of temperature of water. I'm not one of those folks who say they don't like warm water. I love it too. Um, yeah, but those are my passions. And, you know, aside from that, um, I work for an investment bank. Um, I actually just started a new job a couple months ago after 12 years with a management consulting firm. Um, I work in campus recruiting um, and I work with college students. So that's another passion for me, just kind of staying energized with all their youth and enthusiasm. And it's um, it's been a little challenging the past couple of months, um, but very rewarding just because for these new grads, especially, um, there's a lot of ambiguity and, you know, these are challenging times for them. So I've really, it's, it, it's been difficult, but um, it's been great to kind of lead them through that right now. So that's kind of what's going on for me right now and my background in swimming and um, yeah. That's awesome. I love that you can kind of like tap that youth. That sounds really exciting. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you kind of got started swimming. We'll start with just swimming. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the typical story of, you know, the parents wanted something for us to do in the summer, so they would take us to the pool club. Um, I was definitely not an athletic person growing up at all. Um, I definitely preferred to read and lay in the shade. I know most of you guys will be surprised I wasn't in the sun. I don't know. Um, But yeah, after, you know, a while I started getting involved as a little kid, like the eight and unders age group, then segueing to year-round swimming. Um, I was able to swim in college, which was great. And then um, I worked on Wall Street for many years, so kind of took a break, which is, I think, common for a lot of former swimmers. Um, But yeah, when I was a pool swimmer, um, I was a butterflyer and an IMer. Um, The longer, the better. Um, Although I think looking at that, you know, just like the 1650 was like unfathomably long and grueling. So I think if I had been a distance swimmer, it might have put me off these types of marathons so um, and the thing that got me into marathon swimming um, I actually started to do triathlons when I was in my late 20s Um, and my very first one was the escape from Alcatraz triathlon which just got me hooked like it was in a wetsuit you see the city and then you're in this amazing water and you know surrounded by other people so that was really great Um, but yeah and have kind of been marathon swimming and enjoying it uh, ever since what was it that kind of hooked you on marathon swims? Like what? Like is it something like, about? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think it's like the combination of like the scenery and the feeling of the water. Like it's just such a familiar, I think all of you guys on the line will probably echo this. It's just a familiar 
sensation to be in the water. You feel very supported, you know, and seeing beautiful things. And, you know, the nice thing is, as opposed to pool swimming, is you can breathe whenever you want, which is a major bonus of marathon swimming. <laughs> Interesting perspective. How do you describe that feeling of completing a marathon swim? That's like a good question. And it's funny for me, especially after a long swim, it's sometimes the last 10% is like the hardest part, because you're mentally transitioning from being in the moment to kind of like anticipating being done. And it's such a great feeling when your hand kind of touches uh, solid ground and you start to walk up. And that's such a great feeling. But it's kind of like switching from being very much in the moment, not really having any cares to kind of like, okay, got to get dried off, got to repack the bag, you know, so it's kind of like coming back to life. So it's, it's really thrilling in terms of the sense of being done and feeling accomplished, but uh, also kind of transitioning back to the real world is a bit harder. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good way to put it. I love that. <laughs> Do you have any, um, any DNFs on your record? Is there anything you haven't finished? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I've had situations where, you know, like Alcatraz swims where, you know, we've gotten repositioned. You know, for me, the most important thing is always to just, you know, trust the judgment of the team. If someone says get on the boat, you don't argue, you just go. So, yeah, I've definitely had several and, you know, it happens. It's just part of, uh, you know, again, and it's one of those things that gives you you know, life skills, because getting comfortable and flexible with ambiguity, you get in the water, anything can happen. So just making the most of it is really important. Any particular learning experiences from any of those situations that you'd care to share? Yeah, yeah I wouldn't say like there's, you know, anything particularly devastating. I know sometimes it can be such a downer. I try to always have something on my plate. So even if it doesn't work out with one particular swim, you know, you can try again next time or there's something on the horizon to look forward to. Yeah, good to think of it. Um, what's the swim that you're most proud of? Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, I, I, that was another really good question that I thought of, thought of and had a couple different answers, but for me, it's maybe not even like the longest swim or, you know, the most challenging swim or the coldest swim. I would say just anything where I was able to continue after I kind of hit a rough spot and push on, I think those are the most valuable learning experiences because one of the biggest things I would say about marathon swimming is, you know, it can change. So you may be humming along, everything is great, you're in that amazing flow state everything is beautiful and then you know the wind picks up and kite surfers are you know in your way and you're kind of like getting nervous about getting hit by you know a, a kite surfing school so but same thing you know when you're going through that you just have to kind of trust your team and you know it can change again so you know after an hour the landscape can be totally different so how do you mentally kind of adapt to those changing situations um, well, in the pre-times, I have done a lot. I do a lot of vinyasa yoga. And for me, kind of doing yoga is just showing up to the mat. Um, that's why I don't have as much of a self-led practice is because one thing for me is just to kind of listen to what the instructor is saying and go with whatever they tell me. So, you know, in a way, marathon swimming is similar. You kind of just trust in the process, breathe through it. And, you know, there's usually nothing that you can't handle. So. How do you handle um, like when the situation maybe gets really hard or yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
it, it probably would be a mix of both physical and mental. Um, mental kind of just reminding myself I've been through this, the moments pass when they're, you know, the good moments and the bad moments change and they pass. Um, physically, just in terms of adapting a stroke, um, for me, I breathe both sides. So if a wave is coming and hitting on my face, I'll kind of breathe to one side or lengthen my stroke or shorten it. Um, you know, so kind of just adjusting both physically and mentally. That's great advice. Um, tell us a little bit about the kind of the quarantine period. How's that going for you? <laughs> I always say, you know, I think people ask you how you are and I'm like, we're healthy, we're safe. You know, that's all you can say. Of course, it's challenging. You know, like Elaine said, we want to do everything we can to protect other people. So it's not so much the inconvenience of being indoors. Um, for me, it's been challenging when I do go out sometimes to see people, I, I would say in general, New Yorkers have been amazing and so sensible, but sometimes when you see people with the mask around their face or they're jogging with it, you know, without it on, um, I saw a funny little meme where it was kind of classifying all the people who were wearing their masks wrong. Um, so you have like the chin strap, you have the crumpled up in the pocket. So I kind of, as I was going through, I would look at people and think of them almost like penguins. So if they have their mask around their throat, they're a chin strap penguin. You know, if it's if they don't have one on, it's crumpled in their pocket, they're a crumpled penguin. And, you know, people who do the right thing and wear it properly, they're the emperor penguins because they're doing the right thing and they rock. So, um, so just like, you know, it sounds cheesy, but some of those weird little tricks, um, you know, again, just breathing through anything stressful that comes up. Um, for me, the, probably the hardest to deal with is like the monotony, like my passion is travel, seeing different situations here in New York. We have so many amazing events on any given night. So kind of just really being focused on work and maybe a walk after work when we get the chance. It's, you know, it narrows your life down um, more than I ever have had in my life. So yeah, but again, we're healthy, we're safe. I think things seem to be improving. So just may that continue. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Um, is there like a biggest, biggest disappointment? And we all have acres of disappointments this year, but is there one that you're just like, oh, that one really hurts, really burns? <laughs> a plan no, for this year? I mean, okay. yeah, no, and I, I totally empathize with everyone who's in this situation, but again, like the swims will be there. We just got to stick together. Um, it is funny, like when you kind of see events getting canceled, you know, but of course we have to support the event organizers and everybody's doing the things that are best for them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, tell us about your favorite place to swim. I have a couple um, and, you know, obviously being in New York City, in Manhattan, you know, we're very uh, blessed to have Brighton Beach out in Brooklyn. It's really stunning. If you haven't been yet, please come and swim with us. Um, open invite to everybody on the line. Um, it's kind of like this old fashioned amusement park and we kind of um, are swimming against the backdrop of the steeplechase pier and it amazing Ferris wheel that just celebrated its 100th anniversary um, actually last weekend. So, so sadly that we couldn't celebrate by riding it, but hopefully we'll be on it um, in the 100th year. 
Um, the other thing for me is, you know, with my passion for ice swimming, anywhere where I can swim with ice formations, like icebergs, um, is so special. And, you know, it, they almost change the air around them. You can kind of feel it. It's an actual sensation. So between the cold water um, and just this amazing, you really feel like you're in the presence of majesty. And that makes the whole experience even more amazing. Wow. That sounds wonderful. I did want to touch a little bit on that. Can you tell us about when you discovered kind of the cold water and then ice swimming? Like, how did, how did that happen? Yeah, so um, this was totally by accident. Um, and I think I thought I was a cold water swimmer until, um, you know, until I kind of discovered ice and winter swimming, uh, you know, just kind of doing uh, events in the kind of 50 degrees or 10 degrees Celsius range. Um, but yeah, um, it was actually on the um, English Channel Swimmers group. Um, I had been planning a vacation to Finland to see the Northern Lights with my partner, um, Arik, who I think a lot of you guys know. Um, but he, you know, we were kind of going to be flying into Helsinki and we were going up to this resort in Finnish Lapland where they have glass igloos. Um, and just kind of serendipitously, we got this email about the World Winter Swimming Championships in Rovaniemi, Finland in 2014. And this was a few months out and I was like, all right, this is almost like equidistant between kind of seeing friends in Helsinki and then kind of the Northern Lights adventure, I think it's meant to be. So um, started training um, throughout the winter at Brighton Beach and, you know, just loving it. Um, and then when we arrived in Rovaniemi, which was really bizarre because it's like the home of Santa Claus. Um, so in addition to all the international winter swimmers that were there from all the different countries, you know, you have these Santas like all over the place, which for me, I don't know, I found it, you know, it was definitely a unique experience, but kind of from there, I was hooked. I met tons of people, got invited to different events around the world. And, you know, since then, it's it's definitely a community and something that I have a passion for. So, uh, and with the winter swimming, you know, I've been able to uh, build up to an ice mile um, and have done a bunch of ice miles around the world too, which is not as much of a social experience usually, but um, it's a really good personal challenge. And again, brings me to some amazing places to see. Yeah, I, think that's, I love that theme that's kind of run through when you talk to people about their favorite things. It's like that I get to travel. That's such, such an amazing part of the sport. Um, can you tell us about a favorite event, ice or marathon? Like what's your like most, like it's been the best event for you like ever? <laughs> yeah, my personal favorite, again, like uh, for a lot of you guys, I don't think you'll be surprised by this. So we have an amazing local event called the Rose Pit and Off Swim, um, which kind of goes down the East River um, and to Brooklyn. So it kind of starts off across the island from where I personally live. You're kind of coming down under these amazing bridges, the Manhattan Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. It's so stunning. You can kind of get some of the best parts of the down, um, downtown New York City landscape. You're passing by the Freedom Tower, the Statue of Liberty, and then it's about 17 miles, but it's very much with the current and organizers plan it really well each year. So it's, you know, not one of those super grueling, like fighting the current, except at the very beginning types of swims. And then we finish um, at Coney Island, which is our training place. Uh, which is so much fun. So, uh, you know, there's always a great party afterwards and I've actually done it every year, um, except for one year that, um, that it's been held. So, That's awesome. so TBD, if it will happen this year, I I'm kind of hoping, but you know, again, like whatever they decide to go with, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Um, 
So like, I like to throw this one out there just because it's kind of interesting to, for, uh, to think about, but what do you consider yourself a process or an outcome person? Yeah, it's a good question. I would definitely say I'm very outcome oriented, um, but I do, you know, we're not doing this because we're getting paid. Um, so the process is really important. Um, for me, of course, I think when people are embarking on these huge marathon swims, I always wish that they're, you know, safe, successful, and then have an enjoyable swim kind of in that order, because I think most people, of course, safety is the absolute minimum, you know, must have type of thing. Then I think, you know, if it's successful, sometimes the more difficult or challenging parts can be overlooked. And then again, you know, we swim because it's enjoyable. We get to see the world. We love the feel of the water. So um, I would probably rank it in that order. So um, for me, outcome is important. But, um, you know, that being said, in terms of the process, kind of um, doing everything you need to do safety-wise, adhering to um, doing the right thing kind of in everything that you're organizing, you know, and especially as you're organizing your own um, swims, I think that's really important as well. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. I am, we'll ask you your, uh, there's a couple questions in the chat, but I'm not, yeah, so two last questions will save, but let me go through some of the questions in the chat. So there was, um, have you ever swam a marathon without ARC? <laughs> From Janine. Um, Oh yeah, yeah. I've done a, I've done a few. One of the things, actually, it's funny because I, I kind of prioritize. Um, that's a good question, Janine. Um, but I kind of prioritize with swims, like um, for anything really long. I do like to have him there uh, to apply sunscreen. Um, you know, to kind of uh, keep me motivated and happy. Um, with my ice miles as well, like I want somebody on the boat that I can completely trust. So that's important for me. Um, and then shorter swims or shorter marathon swims, you know, basically if I can take care of my own sunscreen, um, I'm okay with that. I definitely prefer to have him there, but, uh, but you know, I do function on my own. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, how about your favorite animal slash mammal seen while swimming? <laughs> Oh, does, does it have to be a swing? Well, <laughs> I was gonna say, Janine, does it have to be a mammal, or could it? Because <laughs> not, I think in the ice you're probably not seeing maybe mammals all the time. I did see, uh, I did see. Well, I didn't see them. They were behind me one time when I was swimming. I did see some penguins, um, real ones, not the human penguins. Um, and then actually, uh, we were doing a loop around Manhattan last year, um, and there was actually a turtle. Um, in the East River, kind of in the Hudson Harbor. So that was probably really surprising. It's not a mammal. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> seen a mammal in the water, but, um, you know, but that was probably one of my favorites just because, not just because it's great to see, but also what it signifies in terms of our waters getting cleaner. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, let's see. Diane asked, you mentioned yoga. What are some of the key ways it benefits your swimming, both physical and mental? Yeah, again, like I think just in terms of flexibility, not doing something that's super high impact, but it's very strength based. Um, and then mentally, like I said, just kind of uh, following whatever happens and kind of holding your body in different positions, you know, like with swimming, you know, it's very repetitive. Um, it may not be the most exciting thing, but kind of doing that and then the flexibility mentally and, you know, physically is really important. So 
good question, Diane. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love that. Um, I'm a fan of yoga and swimming, and I think it's a beautiful combination myself. Um, what about aspiring marathon swimmers or ice swimmers? What would, what would tips and wisdom would you have for someone aspiring? Yeah, I would say for both, do as much research as you can. Um, with me, when I started winter swimming, kind of, I would pour over YouTube videos to kind of look at what the start looks like, what are people doing when, kind of just reading up on everything so much. And then we're so lucky. I think everybody on the line today has so much they can share and, you know, learning from each other. But um, when I was a total newbie, just kind of reading through documents, looking at people's Facebook pages, even if I didn't know them, that's why it's really important for me to kind of keep mine um, very open because that was one of the major ways I learned from um, more experienced marathon swimmers when I was just starting to swim. I would say with ice swimming as well, take it really gradually and everybody is so different. Um, don't assume just because you did a kilometer at a certain temperature last week that you can do it again it's very different from day to day. So the main thing that you should learn is kind of how to listen to your body. I've um, pulled myself out of a 200 meter swim if I'm not feeling it right, you know, even if I had done colder and longer um, and felt fine. And I think just erring with marathon swimming and also with ice swimming, erring on the side of caution, if it ever doesn't feel right, don't push it. It's not a good idea. So that's great advice. Very great advice. Um, I do want to open the floor just to other people have questions, but before we do that, what, who should be a future guest on Marathon Swim Stories? I'm going to have to send you a list because um, one thing <laughs> I love, I love that we've recently opened up to kind of England and Europe. I think it would be so cool if by the end of this series, you know, you have somebody, a marathon swimmer from almost every continent. So I'm going to send you a laundry list. And <laughs> All right. I, you know, if you guys are looking for format suggestions as this evolves and, you know, people are returning to work, um, I always thought it would be so cool to have, like, um, come as your favorite historical marathon swimmer from the past and almost have, like, a dinner party and breakout chats kind of talking about them and, you know, maybe even interacting uh, as that person. So uh, maybe an idea for a future session. <laughs> but I'll definitely send you a list. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I am looking for format options. I'm, um, I think I mentioned in previous or previous videos, but um, I'm starting a kind of a podcast version, version and Graham's going to be one of my first podcast guests. And I have Sarah Thomas online for next week for a podcast guest. And so we're going to take the audio from the one from these meetings and that'll be part that'll be part of the podcast as well as one-on-one -on -one interviews. So I'm really excited about having that as something people can subscribe to and get, um, and get you know get get whenever they listen to whenever they can but um but i also love the idea of making this uh you know fun and um doing some other cool events so i appreciate any and all suggestions that anyone has so thank you for that um anybody have questions that they want to bring to bring up to jamie I'll totally come off mute and ask anything that you want this is your chance <laughs> yeah, yeah jamie what was the name of that swim you were describing the 17 mile current through new york yeah and message me later on if if i you know if you don't jot it down there's a lot of different spellings but it's called the rose pitnoff swim 
And the um, event organizers are called Urban Swim. So urbanswim.net, but highly recommend. That would be so cool if you could come to New York and we could swim together. I'll, you know, like I said, I'll almost certainly be there if they put it on. So uh, would love to love to have you come. Thanks. That's so be I have a question, pocket. Jamie. Do you, uh, you have a choice, 25 meters in the frozen ice in Sweden, butterfly, or a marathon swim, which do you choose? It depends on the day. <laughs> and Mark, is that you? Yeah. Ah, I figured. I just see your silhouette, but I, I know, see, the, just I see to... your flathead lake. Exactly. <laughs> I, I figure that might be you too also with the Sweden uh, ice swimming reference. Yeah. But yeah, it depends on the day. And for me, it would be really hard to choose one or the other forever. So I feel really fortunate that I have the option to, to do both. Good skills to have. <laughs> Were there other questions for Jamie? I saw Diane, I think. Yeah, did you have a question? Was that your question, Diane? Oh. <laughs> you, I think you're on mute, She Diane. might still be on mute. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. Try again, Diane, one more time. Um, yeah, so I, I just wanted to tell that that was wonderful because I am, I am an aspiring marathon swimmer. Um, and your advice is so on target, especially the idea that you can have a real, you know, you can be like when I, I would swim a five mile swim and then like a, there was this half mile swim somewhere in the same year where I was having the worst kind of time in a current that was I was fighting. And I was so unhappy with myself at that time because I was saying, how can I do this and not do this? And I was, uh, you know, I was totally doubting myself. But then I, more and more, I'm aware that swimming um, at open water has is a whole other kettle of fish, if you know, pardon the expression. Um, I have as a runner and when with running, you know pretty much what you're going to be able to do, not with swimming always. And so that, um, that comment was so on target for what, for my experience. So thank you. So now I'll mute myself. Of course. No, no, I love that. And say, I'm glad that resonated with you. And I will say some of my harder swims have been the shorter ones. It's not necessarily the ones that were super long. So, and anything with adverse current is always mentally challenging for me. So I'm with you. <laughs> Any other questions for Jamie? Last chance. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I just want to be respectful of everyone's time and say thank you again for being here. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.